Hey there, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. Today, I'm gonna to be talking about just some basic tips for building out an overlanding vehicle on a budget. I'm gonna kind of walk you through ideas for vehicles. I'm gonna walk you through kind of how to initially set it up and then sort of final touches at the end. So we're gonna get into all that today. I'm excited to talk through it. I built a couple of rigs myself, so I'm just gonna give you my experience and hopefully it's helpful. So if you wanna learn more about how to build an overlanding vehicle on a budget, stay tuned. So as I mentioned in the intro today, I'm talking about building out an overlanding vehicle on a budget. As you can see, I've got my Nissan Frontier behind me. I've had a couple of Nissans now. I've also had a Jeep in the past that I used mostly for off-roading, but if I had still had it when I started getting into overlanding, then I probably would have used that as my first build. But so today I'm gonna walk you through some tips for how to choose the right type of vehicle, what to kind of look for. I'm gonna talk to you about storage and how to outfit it initially and how to make the most of what you've got. And then finally, I'm gonna talk about final sort of touches as you get closer to the end of your build. Uh, this for me is kind of a dream build. It's you know fully armored on a big lift with 35 inch tires, locker in the rear, rooftop tent, all the things, right? Solar charging, red arc, electrical management. It's got a ton of things, but it took me years to get to that point where I really felt like it was worth the money and also where I kind of felt comfortable with the way I wanted to set up the truck. So, you know, that last piece is gonna be kind of touching on all the kind of crazy things that you could do to your vehicle that you kind of have to think about early on so that then when you get to the end, you're not having to spend a bunch more money to redo your whole setup. So first, let's start. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Start with choosing the vehicle, right? Again, overlanding is basically getting out into nature, getting as far away from people as you can, oftentimes, and uh, exploring and finding places to sort of camp and to spend some time and just to enjoy nature. So one of the first and foremost things that you need to think about when you're building out your overlanding vehicle is, is it gonna be reliable? So you need to think about the type of vehicle that you're gonna get. I personally am a big Nissan Toyota fan. Uh, they both have sort of trucky trucks like the Tacoma and the Forerunner or the Xterra and the Frontier. Those are all great options in my opinion. You get a ton of reliability and you also get a ton of, you know, known quantity as far as what could go wrong on them. So there's a ton of research you could do out there to sort of learn beforehand what to look for, what to fix up if you're going to buy one, that kind of thing. But overall, they're very reliable. My truck has over 218,000 miles on it. Still running fine to this day. Probably just jinxed it, but, you know, look for something like that. In addition to it being reliable, if you do have to do maintenance, you wanna look at maintenance costs. And then in addition to just maintenance and uh, reliability, you also need to think about capability. There are a lot of folks that I know that when they first kind of get into it, they will go like the Subaru route because you still get decent gas mileage and stuff. It's capable enough for a lot of things. And that could be perfectly fine, right? Like. Honestly, you got to think about how much you're going to do this thing, right? Like how often are you going to go out? What kind of trails are you going to hit? If you're really just going to hit some gravel roads occasionally and go camping for a night or two, 
then you probably could do just fine with like a Toyota Highlander or a Subaru Outback or something like that that's not quite as much in the ground clearance space, not quite as capable or as rugged, but it would do just fine and it would get you some other benefits like better gas mileage, a little bit more interior room, that kind of thing. In my case, again, I like to go out and I like to try and find, you know, sort of the most remote spots. I really want to go through the Ozarks here soon. I've been through the Daniel Boone Backcountry Byway, all down through Kentucky. I've been through West Virginia. I've been all over up in Michigan and Wisconsin. So I like to hit some of those more challenging trails, the sort of rocky, off-camber, fun sort of challenging trails. So in my case, again, I went with a bigger lifted truck with bigger tires and aftermarket suspension components and a locker in the rear and recently upgraded the whole rear differential to one out of a full-size Nissan Titan. So, you know, my truck is extremely modified, but it may not be right for everybody, right? And and while it was not super expensive, it was more expensive than just a stock uh, Frontier. And honestly, it's probably a little bit less reliable than a stock Frontier because of the amount of work and customization that's been done to it. You know, some other good options out there, there are a ton and these are all gonna be people's opinions. Again, I lean heavily towards Nissan and then secondarily towards Toyota. I think Toyotas are slightly superior to the Nissans, but they cost a lot more. So if you're really trying to do it on a budget, a Nissan may be a great option. Even the Pathfinder is a good option. But so on the Nissan trucks, those are some good tips. Of course, again, Forerunners for SUVs or Tacomas are great trucks. Uh, a lot of folks have Mitsubishis and they have really good luck with them. Montero Sports and things like that. I've seen a ton of those things and they're extremely capable and they're actually pretty reliable too so those may be a good budget option and then there's all kinds of other options right if you are a ford person if you're a chevy person you're comfortable working on those vehicles you know a lot about them those may be a good option i stay away from them because i've had problems with domestics quite a few of them in the past so i've just kind of stuck with nissans for about the last 15 years um, but again pick whatever you're comfortable with pick whatever fits your lifestyle and as long as it's got ground clearance four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive some sort of capability and it can meet your needs then that should work for what when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply you need. All right, next part, talking about outfitting your vehicle. This is extremely important. So when you first start to think about it, I kind of just got really excited when I had my old Xterra and I just started buying stuff. Before I even bought my truck, I had already bought tires for it. I had bought suspension for it. I had ordered a bunch of stuff. I probably spent $1,500, $2,000 on eBay before my truck even, before I even found it. So it was lucky that I ended up going with a second gen Xterra, which was my plan. But if something would have changed, I would have had $2,000 worth of Xterra parts sitting around that I couldn't use because I was so excited to get them. And I don't want to say don't be excited. I want you to be excited, but maybe do a little bit more planning. Maybe wait a little bit. Get out and explore the, the truck's capabilities when it's stock. See what it can and can't do. See where your limitations are. And then that may influence where you spend your money first. Um, again, I knew I wanted to do tires. I knew I wanted to do a lift because I wanted to hit more, uh, you know, aggressive trails. And so as a result, I needed more clearance, right? That was my, my goal. That's why I bought it. I'm not saying that was a bad choice, but again, I bought ATs at first. And those weren't the best choice. They were okay. They were pretty good. But then I ended up switching to MTs later on and then eventually RTs. I pretty much ran all Kenda tires on my truck, on my Xterra, and I love Kenda tires. Talking about budget stuff, if you're looking for tires, there are a lot of people out there that are going to say, go get the BF Goodrich, go get, you know, these super expensive brands and nothing against those. They are great tires. 
but you're going to spend thousands of dollars on those things where you may be able to find a more budget option like something like a Kenda. Again, I'm just speaking of those because I've had like four sets of them and they've been phenomenal. They get great traction. They have great long tread wear length. They have lasted forever. I've taken them off, sold them to somebody else. There are people still running those tires seven years later. So, uh, th but they're very, very reasonably priced. But again, when you're thinking about your initial setup, you really need to think hard about what your long-term goals are. I'll give you a good example. On my Xterra, I built out a whole drawer system in the back. It was awesome. It had room for my fridge. It had room for all my stuff. I had a spot for everything, which was amazing. But to do it, it was too long for the fridge, the, the slide part for the fridge. I actually had to take out part of my back seat. And in doing that, I lost a whole seat, one and a half seats, basically. And so I could only take three people with me, one up front and one in the back. I have two kids. So I literally sacrificed the usability of my vehicle to make it a little more capable for overlanding. So again, for me, that made sense. It was kind of an extra vehicle. It was kind of a toy vehicle. My whole goal with that was to build it for overlanding. But if it was your daily driver, you probably wouldn't be able to do that. Or it wouldn't make a lot of sense to do that. So again, you really got to think about those long-term goals. Are you going so much so frequently that you do need to have sort of semi-permanent storage in your vehicle? Or could you get by with maybe doing like some Plano crates or storage boxes that you could take in and out of the vehicle as you're going on trips or as you're you know using it as a daily? Another thing is that you can spend a lot of money on gear. And you can go really cheap up front. And I have historically been a very budget-minded, very cheap person when I buy my gear. But generally, the cheaper gear is bigger. It takes up more room. It's less foldable, less collapsible. It's just a little bit less user-friendly. A really cheap chair, like fold-down camping chair, is going to be, you know, three and a half, four feet long. And it's going to be that big around. And it's going to take up a lot of space. Or you could get the little tiny aluminum ones that are maybe, you know, this big total that would fit in like a drawer system or under your seat or something like that. But you may have to spend a little bit more money for something like that. So again, think through that gear. Think through the overall setup of your vehicle. Do you want to have storage on the roof? Can you access the roof? Is it usable for you? Would you put recovery gear and stuff like that that you may not use every single trip, but you want to have for sure? Do you have room in the back of an SUV, for example, or do you need room for people and stuff? Do you use the back of your SUV for other things? Think through your whole setup before you start to build, before you start to buy, and it'll save you a ton of time and money. In Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Long run. All right, so now the final part. When you are sort of, after you figured... After you've figured out your basic setup, if you know that you want drawer systems and you know that you want a roof rack up top with maybe some solar on it and some recovery boards up top, and maybe you have a rear swing out so that you have room for an extra spare that's more accessible and you can also now attach a trash bag or like a trasheroo or something like that to it, now it's time to kind of dial it in and fine tune it. Again, my advice on this always is don't start buying things until you've been on a number of trips and really tested out your stuff. So go out with it the way that it's set up with your basic setup in it. Make sure that everything's accessible. Make sure that you like it. Make sure that you can find things, right? And then start to test and see where your challenges lie. Again, is it that your vehicle isn't capable enough to get where you want to go? Are you the one in the group that's always getting stuck and having to be winched out? 
Do you need a winch? Do you have a winch? Is that something that is a priority for you and your build? Same goes with electrical and things like that. You can go nuts with this stuff, right? You could, I mean, I have a dual battery set up in mine. It's all uh, controlled by a Red Arc system. You can spend thousands of dollars buying extra batteries, electrical management systems, displays, screens, all that sort of stuff. And it's awesome, don't get me wrong. I love it, I'm not talking bad about it at all. But again, I make YouTube videos about overlanding. I'm big into this hobby. I love to go camping, I love to find dispersed spots, I love to go on long distance trips where I'm basically living out of my vehicle for a week or so, two weeks. Um, so for me, it makes a lot of sense, right? But again, you need to, once you figure out those basics, then you need to decide how deep you wanna go. Because here's the other thing is, you don't have to spend $2,000 on an electrical management system. You don't have to spend $500 to $1,000 on a 100 amp hour LifePo4 second battery. You don't have to do all that stuff. It's really nice. It's really nice to just plug in my diesel heater via a 50 amp Anderson plug and have all my lights run off of a secondary battery that's just in my truck all the time being recharged off solar. But all that stuff, again, cost-wise adds up and it also decreases your reliability, decreases your functionality a little bit every time you modify things. You're slightly decreasing the likelihood that your stuff's gonna survive, right? I could have an electrical fire tomorrow. I try very hard to be safe. I've got a lot of really smart friends that help me do all these installs. I haven't had any problems yet for the last year, but you just never know, right? The more stock it is, the less chance you have for that sort of thing. So just be thinking about that. When you're going in deep, you really need to think about how much you're gonna use it, how much it makes sense, what your budget is, right? And how crazy you wanna go with these mods because believe me, overlanding manufacturers, distributors, they wanna sell you as much stuff as you'll take. They want you to have eight solar panels and, right? And that's not a slam at all on them. That's their job, right? That's how they make money. And I'm happy to spend it. I'm happy to buy as much stuff as I possibly can. But a lot of the times I even kind of go overboard and then I'm like, wait, why did I do that again? Um, so really think about your, your, your long-term goals, both in your initial sort of basic setup. And then once you get into it more and more, be careful not to get sucked into that. Like, Ooh, I want to buy that because it's the new shiny thing. Ooh, I saw a YouTuber talk about this thing and I really need a 4,000 watt hour power bank to take with me on my trips. Right? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Just think about it and, and make your own decisions based on your setup, based on your challenges, based on your type of trips that you like to take, and it'll save you a bunch of money and time in the long run. So again, I hope that this stuff is helpful for you guys. If you are new to the channel, welcome. Glad to have you. If you're listening on the podcast, thanks so much for listening on the podcast. I hope that you had a good time. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you're not already on YouTube, make sure to click that subscribe button. Click the bell to be notified when new videos drop. I put out a couple videos every single week just for fun. I have a full-time job. I just do this for fun because I like it so much and I want to get new people into overlanding. So again, I'd love it if you would subscribe because you're going to get a ton of great content around gear reviews, do-it-yourself modifications, budget type stuff, general overlanding tips and tricks like this uh, that I've learned over the last few years of doing it. Also in the description below are links to my other social media channels. I've got, I'm pretty much everywhere. So wherever you want to come hang out, I'd love to have you. And then lastly, I've got a Patreon link down there too. We got a bunch of folks in there that are awesome. We have a Discord where we all kind of chat 24-7. We have a once a month Zoom call where we all grab a beer and sit around and talk about our rigs, talk about our builds, ask questions, and it's a ton of fun. So if that sounds good to you, love to have you in the Patreon group. And then last but not least, there is the Newbie Overlanders Facebook group. Totally free to join, over 12,000 people in it already in the last year, it's growing like crazy. But the main thing about it is, unlike a lot of the bigger boards out there, you're not gonna get crapped on for asking questions, right? Like we, we kick out people that are bullies, we kick out people that are, that are turds. It's really intended for newer folks to come in, mingle with some folks that have been doing it for a while, and ask their questions and get answers instead of getting 
crapped on for asking the questions, right? So thanks again for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.